the human race Some kind of love and ride I'll be sliding down I'll be gliding down Try not to try too hard It's just a lovely ride You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm pleased to have back with me after the break Dr. William Davis Eaton. Uh, he's written a really interesting book called Liberal Betrayal of America and the Tea Party Firestorm. Uh, Dr. Eaton, uh, I want to ask you uh, about the notion that the revolution is basically boiled down, or I don't know if it's boiled down, if that's the right terminology, but basically has gotten rid of the Ten Commandments, which were sort of the the heart of the Judeo-Christian structure, legal system, and morality, uh, system of morality, uh, and that they boil it down to two new commandments. What were those two new commandments? Well, one was uh, be politically correct and be not judgmental. Uh Well, now we know about political correctness, and what you're not supposed to be judgmental about is political correctness. So they've got you both ways, you see. That's the way way a totalitarian... uh, uh, state handles it. Uh, there, there is to be no uh, opposition. And look what's coming up. They're going to try to choke off talk radio now uh, by requiring uh, community uh, content in local broadcasting stations. You know, they gave up their first effort to do it. Uh, you know, they called it something else. But anyway, uh, this is the first thing that a uh, a totalitarian uh, regime requires is, is that it not be questioned because uh, once it can't it can't stand uh, being questioned it, yeah. it has it has to either be control or or fill its uh, adherence with hatred so much that they can't think of anything else and they mm-hmm. justify whatever is done mm-hmm. but it's, it's, I thought it was sort of fun to boil it down to those two commandments that mm-hmm. that locks you in mm-hmm. you can't. Uh, you can't be skeptical. You can't. Uh, you can't. You don't have free speech. You have to be politically correct. And uh, so the, you can't, you so can't the movement judge that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Go, yeah, so the movement that started out as a free speech movement turns out to be an anti-free speech movement. Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the irony of that. Yeah. And it, you. The, well, it's, it's, it's the same thing when you, it, the People's Republic of China. Well, is China a republic? Uh, Soviet Socialist Union, well, that was more accurately described. But uh, all, uh, lots of the uh, knockoffs of these are, are called republics all over the world, and they're not republics. But they like, they like to, uh, if they can, uh, steal the language and the uh, ideology, the, the, the good, the things that, always sounded good and, and uh, turn them around but keep using them and, and, and actually that deprives their opposition of of, uh, of a ground to react from. Yeah. 
Well, you you talked about in essence uh, one. I think it was in chapter the second chapter of your book. Actually, the first chapter of your book. You said, and I quote: "The free speech movement turned out to be the free sex movement in embryo." Uh, what did you mean by that? Well, uh, after uh, after they won all their free speech uh, 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 battles, there it wasn't convincing anymore. You couldn't you couldn't say we need free speech because if you were in Berkeley, you had free speech. Blad blared through incredibly loud loudspeakers laced with obscenities <laughs> through half of Berkeley. Yeah, and there had always been uh, a, a sexual element to the free speech movement because you know they were anti everything that they wanted to do everything they weren't supposed to do. But my 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 hunch was that finally uh, they decided uh, well. Why don't we uh, Why don't we institutionalize our free sex and and lay it right out? And that's mm-hmm. you know and what 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 more uh, agreeable kind of a motto could you have for <laughs> a bunch of young kids than free sex? Yeah. So that was uh, I think it was just kind of a natural outgrowth of uh, uh, of that. And of course, the free sex movement is uh, if you follow it through to. Uh, Gay marriage and all that, and uh, why not have uh, incest and so forth? You know, there's no end of it if you if you just if you give up all the morals. Uh, I saw a sign the other day: a moral wrong cannot be a civil right. Oh. <laughs> I love that one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so that was it. I think it's just that they, they just sort of fell into it accidentally, and and uh, that was the beginning of all this that we hear now of. Uh, uh, you're, you're supposed to have uh, free speech and do what you like. If it feels good, do it, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and dormitories turn into uh, uh, mixed dorms and finally into mixed rooms. And uh, uh, yeah. there, one one college president tried to distinguish between gender sex and physical sex and so i guess in or within a room so i guess you can genderize without physicalizing or something mm-hmm. anyway it, it's mm-hmm. got to be absurd mm-hmm. that's well it's it's very interesting i wonder uh one of the questions in my mind uh, even before i read your book it seems to me uh that we've seen a breakdown of traditional values even from the church the christian church uh oh yes uh to a great extent the catholic church seems i think held on rather well to its basic official theology i don't know that necessarily the church in america practices it necessarily but the theology of most protestant churches uh would i would argue would be almost unrecognizable to our grandparents oh, at this yeah. point in time how did this happen uh, was it was it also to the universities? Uh, you know, there's schools of theology. Uh, uh, young people come in and they're 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 taught something different. And 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 I'm wondering, you know, do people not think for themselves? Again, this is I guess this notion of one of these commandments is you daren't question anything. It's a politically correctness. You have to think the way you're taught because in my field, more in economics, I it seems to me the universities are sort of like regurgitation factories where. People aren't really taught to think and question. The things you're talking about are beyond question. I mean, people are looking at your views now. The mainstream would look at your views now as being totally out of sync with reality. Uh, how did how did the churches? How did this whole educational process head off off the rails? 
Well, uh, it was expressed, actually, in one of the most wonderful things a student ever said to me. He said one day, Dr. Eaton, you're, you're, you're teaching us to think. You're teaching us not what to think, but how to think. Uh-huh. And, and he was distinguishing that from what he's getting everywhere else. Yes. In, in the colleges and universities. And, yeah. uh, and I suppose it, well, of course, it it, it it's doctrine in colleges of education, which is a silly idea to begin with, but... Um, it's just an atmosphere that uh, on on these campuses now that you, you talk to people that go around to speak. You uh, conservative speakers are often uh, disinvited <laughs> yeah. because of pre-protests and so forth. It's it's an atmosphere, and I yeah. suppose it must be in the divinity schools too. Of course, yeah. in the Catholic Church, there were seminaries that were uh, all uh, homosexual and just. Uh, Mm-hmm. Brothels, really, and we know about that, and mm-hmm. all the molestation that came out of it, and so forth. But mm-hmm. uh, well, the Catholic Church has had its problems too. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we've had this breakdown, uh, this sexual revolution. I gather, then, you believe that has uh, that has really hurt the traditional family structure that we've had. Is that right? Oh, it's it's just at, it's at the point of destroying it. I think if you have uh, uh, same-sex marriage, marriage disappears. Mm-hmm. It, it happened in, in Sweden. Uh, once that, once same-sex marriage was was allowed, uh, traditional marriage, I don't know, fell off by fifty percent. It it's, it became it wasn't a precious valued institution, uh, something mm-hmm. that was uh, sacred really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you used to get tied up before. God and all your friends. Now it's uh, it's just your friends and have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then when when your friends don't suit you anymore, you get rid of them and you find new friends or, or whatever. I guess. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that um, too. You know, it's uh, the breakdown of the family. Well, the, the fa- that's another aim of of in, of uh, uh, a totalitarian type of government. It, mm-hmm. it, it takes a it takes a village to raise a child. Remember. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure, uh, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, and and the village is called Washington D.C. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Get yeah. rid of mom and dad. Uh, two mommies, two daddies, no problem. Uh, uh, Heather has two mommies. Mm-hmm. That was a school book. Title. Yeah, yeah. So the family's under siege. What about um, what about the economic consequences of that? And and how do you think that's affecting, or do you think that's affecting? kids in school and the ability to to learn and think and reason and work and produce well uh, you know i i think good families uh, can handle uh seem to be able to handle two two uh workers that is both both husband and wife working mm-hmm. i think uh employers are becoming more accommodative to uh flexible hours and uh, days at home. For example, the person, the attorney that does my tax returns uh, works one week at home, mm-hmm. uh, one day a week at home, and we have a, uh, a relation of uh, Renee's in a very large firm, intellectual property firm. She works mm-hmm. uh, two or three days at home, and it, you know, it works fine with all this communication. She's raising three kids, very, very good kids too. So it can be managed. Uh, uh, on the other hand, it can be very oppressive if you both people come home tired, worn out, and uh, snappy. Why? That, that's yeah. not good. So not good for the children. 
No, no. Well, hell, none of this stuff even takes account of children. To yeah. hell with children, yeah. almost. Yeah. No, all of this is all all of this is indulgence for parents. There was a three. Uh, gays in San Francisco at one time dressed as nuns and called themselves the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the underlying theme of, of all this mm-hmm. release, you know, perpetual indulgence. That's uh, that's that's all that's required. That's all that you look forward to. And it, mm-hmm. Any value of uh, what you owe somebody else, or I got rights. Well, you, you don't have any obligations. You just have rights. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no such thing. That's mm-hmm. the free lunch. Yeah. Um, well, if we give up our obligations, if we give up our responsibilities, then government steps in to take take more power and more freedom away from them, from us. Is well, that well and 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 government uh, that wants to be oppressive tries to do that. They want a uh, a population of sheeple, not people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing now. More and more, Mike, uh, uh, <laughs> Ms. Obama is going to tell you how fat you are and what you can eat to get rid of it, and mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. This is—it's just incredible. The, yeah. Every day, we haven't any idea yet how many new regulations have been mm-hmm. issued in the last two years. We do know that 200,000 more people have been hired to issue them. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. I mean, the idea, the, the, the phrase "government job" is, a moxi, is an oxymoron. <laughs> right. Where does the wealth come? Where does the wealth come from? Now, uh, speaking of wealth, uh, the environmental movement. I know you're critical of it. I think that you you, you mentioned it briefly earlier. That uh, you know, there's some legitimacy there. Certainly, we don't want to see corporations polluting our streams, uh, doing doing things that cause uh, ill uh, ill health in the future to oh, future generations. But I take it that you believe it's really gone way, way beyond anything that's reasonable. The uh, well, environmental movement. there's a tendency. One of the one of the areas I studied in my graduate work was was public administration, so-called. Uh, there's a tendency in in any revolutionary or new protest group, let's call it, uh, to accomplish what they set out for. Cleaner water, fresher air—that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but imagine defining carbon dioxide as a, as a pollutant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I breathe it out every day. Without mm-hmm. it, we'd all be dead. Right. I mean, this is absurd. Yeah. What I'm saying is that there's a tendency for a movement to accomplish its goal, and, and the reasonable people that were working to accomplish that goal, uh, uh, you know, declare victory and go home, mm-hmm. and they leave it to the nuts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's where we're we're at now. Just uh, the environmental movement is is just off the wall, and and it's everything. We went through the energy production uh, a while ago. That's suicidal. To uh, there is there isn't going to be green energy for decades. There's there's just no way. There's nothing that can replace what we've got. No, it's and, not economic uh, in most cases. Yeah, they're, they're just—they uh, have to know what they're doing. They're—they're they're really trying to destroy the uh, industrial society. Right. Well, certainly uh, there, there seems to be a lot of disregard for uh, for good science. You talk about uh, in your book. You talk about corrupt science. You talk about omniscient science. Maybe just take a minute to talk about that, and then we only have five or six minutes left after that. I really want to focus a little bit more on the Tea Party, but. 
But talk to us just uh, maybe about science and, and how we've gone awry uh, in terms of corrupt. What, what do you mean by corrupt science? Well, uh, in bioethics, for example, they, there are professors that say uh, kids are no different than pigs. You know, they, they, they point out the, the uh, molecular, uh, the, the, the structure of the, um, uh, of the genome and so on, and uh, to, to a point there's, there's great similarity. But uh, these, I've never noticed any of the professors who, who uh, uh, would equate kids with pigs uh, asking apes to do their uh, lab work or anything like that, but there, there's, um, um, oh, bioethics is what is where you're getting into it, mm-hmm. this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really left to individual human beings to decide what is ethical and what isn't ethical. And that becomes political then, can it not? Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. And not objective. No, 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 there's, there's, uh, uh, objectivity and and search for truth is uh, <laughs> those are phrases that wouldn't be recognized <laughs> yeah. in much of the academy today. See, but uh, I've always thought in science, if there was an area of our lives in which there might be some objectivity, it would be in natural science, in the hard sciences, you know, as opposed to the social sciences, for example. But what you're telling me is even there, uh, we're not practicing good good well truth objective. <clears throat> Science. A government grant money is hard to turn down, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, there is a professor of law here at uh, at Berkeley who, who's uh, for many years talked about uh, Darwinian evolution and its flaws. You know, the idea that this is so complicated that how how can it possibly have been? Uh, otherwise, it, what I was trying to think of a while ago was. Uh, the, the idea of intelligent design yes. frightens mm-hmm. the Dickens mm-hmm. out of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that that in, that implies a designer, uh, a transcendent human, uh, transcendent being, huh? somebody beyond. Uh, yeah, you can't explain these things, uh, yeah. no, really. So there there has to be some. It's just it's just uh, uh, absurd to think that think of the human being. What a what an incredible piece of machinery it is. Sure. Ab cells have uh, micro computers that are better than any that man has invented mm-hmm. uh, to pass information. Information has to pass before a hair can grow. And uh, how, does, how does all this happen from an amoeba that creeps out of the mud? Yeah. I don't know. Is well, there are, there are a lot of problems. Uh, Darwinian uh, evolution certainly has, uh, has. There's no question about that. And we've had Dr. Hugh Ross on this program who's talked a little bit about that. So, you know, I, I certainly uh, hear what you're saying. The objectivity isn't there. It's the statism religion is Darwinian evolution, and you daren't think about it in any other way. There's no open-mindedness there to hear or to think about intelligent design, is there? I mean, even oh, uh, Dr. Oh, no. Hugh Ross, who, who is a mainstream scientist, uh, provides good sound logic, and yet he's, you know, he's not welcomed in in, uh, in polite company, so to speak. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left, and I, I want to ask you the Tea Party movement. Um, and there's so much more to talk to you about. But Rick Santelli, I actually had him on CNBC here, and I saw he's today. A wonderful character. <laughs> he is uh, a free market guy, and he started questioning uh, the Obama 
uh, spending and QE2 and QE1 and all that stuff. And he really set in motion the Tea Party, did he not? Well, it was it was within a month of Obama's uh, uh, inauguration. He was on the floor of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and uh, ranting, as he put it himself, mm-hmm. and about what he what he saw coming. And uh, all of a sudden, flashed before him apparently the image of the Boston Tea Party. He said, "Why don't we have another Tea Party?" Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Uh, the Drudge Report was hooked up and. Uh, it got on YouTube, and boom, uh, there it was. It, it seems spontaneous, but that was that's the the culmination of the of the whole cultural war or civil war, as I call it. And people finally, that the sleeping giant awoke and said, "I golly, he's right. Why not have another tea party? Let's mm-hmm. let's." And they had the big first big show was then the. Uh, Tax Day, April 15th of that year, and then 4th of July, and, well, we know the rest of it. But it, it, something, that's my my real point, is that something that huge and that fast, is it can't possibly be spontaneous. Right. I mean, it, the outbreak was spontaneous, but the, and what the Tea Party people need to know is how deep their roots really do sink into the, the whole culture war, and, 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 as I say, civil war that's been waged against this country for all the years since 1964. Kind of a stealth civil war, if you will. You know, we're really out of time. There's so much more to talk to you about. I wanted to ask you some issues about the Constitution. Maybe we'll have you back sometime again to address some of those issues. I I want you to tell our listeners, though, where they can buy your book. How can they buy it? Can they buy it in the bookstore? Can they go to a website? How can they buy it? Well, you can go to Amazon.com, and you can... uh, uh, there are several ways to order. We even have it out in uh, uh, Kindle and Smash Words, and uh, you can get a, an ebook copy for three bucks off the internet. And uh, it's pretty easy to get. Oh, uh, very, very uh, interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I have a, 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 a website myself, which is uh, TeaPartyFirestorm.com. Uh, it's not quite up to date. I've got to get it up to date with mm-hmm. some more information on how to get the book, but uh, it's it's not hard to get. It, it's uh, a small publisher, so it's not uh, it's not in all the stores mm-hmm. physically uh, mm-hmm. most of the time. But uh, try Amazon first, and they'll give you a whole page of alternatives. Uh, and your and your website again is uh, TeaPartyFirestorm.com. Yeah. Just, just, just great. Just, I think people should go there. You probably have material printed there, things, ideas, and so forth published there from time to time. And uh, yeah, uh, and I have a. I also have a seven-minute dissertation on YouTube that you can find by just asking for it by by my name. Wonderful, wonderful. It's, uh, it's a little bit out of date too, and I've got to get up. I've got to get up to date on that. And, well, uh, that's I, good. I, well, I you help me. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Doctor Eaton, uh, for your. Uh, insightful information. I think it's I think it's very very worthwhile uh, for people to think about some of the ideas that you've put forward here uh, as an alternative to the stuff we hear every day. Uh, we like to have ideas that are provocative and different on this show. That's why coming up next is going to be Howard Davidowitz. Howard never pulls any punches uh, when he talks about the American consumers and the average Americans. Howard is talking about 20% of the American people are doing well, 80% of the American people are sinking deeper into debt, 
and are having less, uh, you know, our, their living standards are sinking very drastically. So don't go away. We're going to be right back with Howard Davidowitz. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Richfield Ventures Corp. is a publicly traded junior mining company on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol RVC. Led by an experienced and dedicated team, Richfield is systematically drilling 25,000 meters of core in 2010 on its Blackwater Gold Project in central British Columbia, where the primary goal is to discover a world-class bulk tonnage gold deposit. With $5 million in treasury and 40 million shares fully diluted, Richfield and its shareholders are poised for a major discovery. Go to richfieldventures.com. CA for further information. Solidin Gold is focused on the exploration and development of its wholly owned Showindo Gold Project in Peru. The company is currently undertaking the largest exploration program to date on the property and with this expects to continue increasing its current mineral resource. A preliminary assessment was completed last year highlighting a very positive and economical project and a bankable feasibility study is currently underway. Don't miss this great opportunity to embark on an emerging gold production story. Visit www.solidin.com to learn more. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the human race. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really happy to have with me again Howard Davidowitz. If you live in New York City and listen to the financial media or watch CNBC, Bloomberg, and other major media, chances are you already know Mr. Davidowitz very, very well. Like Howard Cosell, he is known for telling the truth. He tells it like it is. 
But for those of you who may not be as familiar with um, with Howard, let me just give you a little bit of background. Uh, he has extensive experience as a representative of buyers and sellers and as a principal in upper and middle market transactions. He has helped clients to identify, value, finance, and negotiate deals across a broad range of retail segments in more than three decades of assisting retailers in reinventing themselves for profitable growth. He has accumulated a store of hard-earned wisdom and developed a direct and pragmatic style. And he has appeared in over 300 times on the major uh, networks that you would all uh, recognize, those being CNBC, CNN, Fox News, BBC, Bloomberg, etc., etc. Welcome, Howard, to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Thanks for the invitation. Really good to have you. It's always a pleasure hearing you on the radio in New York. I hear you on Bloomberg sometimes at breakfast, uh, sometimes uh, on CNBC and other major media. I haven't seen you too often recently. It, Sort of, sort of figure that maybe the reason is because times seem to be good again, at least for Wall Street. Stock prices are up, commodity prices are up, and so forth. And maybe they're saying, well, you know, we don't need to pay attention to this truth teller now. Times are good again. <laughs> Who knows? That's possible. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, when, when markets crash and things come down uh, back to reality, people have to ask some hard questions. And when markets are rising and everybody is happy, sometimes we can just sort of ignore the underlying problems um, that, that may still be there uh, until they rear their ugly heads uh, head again. Well, talk to us about, about, the, about retail. Let's just start there with retail because you are Mr. Retail. How... How is the retail market? How are how are the retailers doing in general? Can well, we think, just generalize? Well, let's take a look at retail. Walmart does eleven percent of United States retail sales. Hmm. They're the largest retailer in the world. They are the second largest company in the United States. The largest private sector employer in the United States behind the federal government. Hmm. Uh, so, if you look at Walmart, their Comstore sales are down seven straight quarters. The largest department store in America is Sears Roebuck, and they're down indefinitely. So that's the largest department store and the largest retailer on the planet. Then you go from there, and you've got the A&P bankruptcy, one of the largest food stores. You've got Blockbuster in bankruptcy, Ultimate Electronics liquidating, Anchor Blue liquidating. Uh, Borders just, uh, of course, uh, filing bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, You know, that just happened. Yes. Uh, Lack stores, Urban Brands, Ashley Stewart, you know, all in bankruptcy. Orchard in bankruptcy. Rugged Bear in bankruptcy. Appleseed in bankruptcy. There, uh, there is a lot going on out there. There's tens of thousands of stores being closed. Mm-hmm. There are also strong bright spots. Mm-hmm. For example, with the power of capital markets, 20% of retail Americans who do 60% of the spending are doing wonderfully because of the explosion in capital markets, Mm. uh, including, of course, commodities. Mm -hmm. So that that business, that's terrific, and that's powering luxury spending. Department stores are doing much better. The jewelry business has made a huge comeback. Online sales are booming, and that's that's a huge growing piece of the retail business. Mm. And there are lots of retailers, you you know, who are expanding family Mm. dollar, you know, Dollar General, 7-Eleven. It's not that everybody's closing. There is there there are a number of retailers that are expanding. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the whole picture, you know, Best Buy's earnings are down. Warm, you know, 
there's a lot of uh, a lot of arbitrage activity. There's a lot of acquisitions going on. A lot of private equity. Uh, the J. Crew deal, the Joanne Stores deal. It, there's a lot going on in private equity all over the place. Mm-hmm. Knotts was acquired. Noodles. There's a lot going on. BJ's is on the market. There's a lot of deals going on in the retail, so private equity is out there, you know, buying up Jimboree was bought, Bain Capital. There's a lot of deals going on, and that brings some excitement. So if you look at the whole picture, you know, it's very mixed, but here's what's going on. For 80% of Americans, Mm -hmm. let's talk about 80%. Mm-hmm. They're in the crapper indefinitely. Uh-huh. I mean, utterly, for 80% of Americans, bankruptcies are up 9%. Mm-hmm. Housing is an absolute, you saw the, the latest report, I mean, single-family home. Sure. I mean, housing is terrible. Uh, food stamps in the last two years are up 50%. Wow. 47 million people on food stamps. Food stamps are up 50%. Mm-hmm. These numbers are astounding. Mm-hmm. So, and if you look at who's building stores, Family Dollar, Dollar General, Dollar Tree, Aldi, 7-Eleven. Yeah. That's for 80% of America. Yep, yep. That's so 80%. 80% of America is an absolute train wreck. Mm-hmm. And actually, the whole country's at risk because... I mean, Barack Obama took his report of the Deficit Commission, printed it on a roll of toilet paper, and has gone around spending. He has He's had. He's added two hundred thousand people to the federal payroll in two years. Mm-hmm. This guy, this community organizer, has gone mad. He's spending like crazy. Our deficit is a trillion and a half. Now, when you look at this. And when you look at what's going on in the Middle East, and this is only the beginning, because mm-hmm. oil prices are going up big time, mm-hmm. that's going to dramatically affect that 80%. Mm-hmm. And when you, so when you look at the picture of housing, oil, and everything else, and then you go back to the dollar, well, everything everybody does is denominated in dollars. They get paid in dollars. They own a house. They pay a mortgage. They do everything in dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, with the deficits we have, and with the most incompetent president in my lifetime in office, uh, you know, I, to me, I think the dollar is at tremendous risk, mm-hmm. and that means a lot of people are going to be walking around the streets with wheelbarrows. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're completely out of control. This guy got a report from the Deficit Commission. He threw it right in the garbage pail and has gone even wilder. Mm-hmm. With his spending has gone absolutely mad, mm-hmm. so the, so that I, you know I don't know what you do with this guy. He he presented his budget, right? He gave us his budget. Mm-hmm. Let me give it to you. The deficit increases in ten years by seven point two trillion. That is the community organizer's budget. I'm quoting from his budget. That's it. Now we can never make a number in his budget. I mean, it'll be fourteen trillion because he's going to save hundreds of millions with his lunatic fringe illegal health care plan and everything. I mean, this is crazy. 
So that if you take all of his numbers, now this is a guy who doesn't exactly get numbers right. It, you know, you remember the shovel-ready jobs? He doesn't know what a shovel is. There were no shovels. Now they weren't there. It cost us a quarter of a million every job he created. You know, everything, every number this guy has ever given is completely mad. But if we take his numbers, his budget, it increases the deficit by $7.2 trillion. Yeah. That means the dollar can't survive. There is no way. Okay, so Howard. Can, yeah. Okay, Howard. If the dollar can't survive, this sounds to me like this exponential growth in spending, and of course, it's being accommodated by the Federal Reserve at the same time. Of course. And Bernanke is is oh, money the, the money. Of course. And and so my question to you is then, what should people do? Now, the sixty percent or the eighty percent of people don't have a choice. They don't have any disposable income to that, protect themselves. That, that's that, the that, sad that, part of it, isn't it, Howard? Yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't it mean we're going the way of 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 a lot of other banana republics? Almost it seems. Well, I don't. Well, with Obama, you see, this can be fixed. That's the sad part. Mm-hmm. You say it's not. Med- Medicare. If you ju- if you address the issues. Mm-hmm. We know what the issues are. They're right in front of us. Mm-hmm. We all know. He came into office. We all understood Medicare. So, right? Any of somebody twelve years old knew it. Correct. Yep. yep the correct. first thing the community organizer did, he knew the problem. He introduced another benefit. Yep. His deranged health care plan. Yep. So it. I mean, he did another one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but you see. The problem we have is fixable. Mm-hmm. I believe it's fixable. I think we can fix it. I think we know where the problem is. We understand where the problem is. But the president is so far in space that it, it looks impossible. But, yes, for 80% of Americans, they're not going to be buying the Canadian loony. They're not going to be buying gold and silver. They're not going to have cotton and soybeans and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and if you buy farmland with water on it, that's probably a pretty good investment. Mm-hmm. So that you know, there's a lot of things that that can be done. But by the way, percent the twenty percent of people that have some disposable income right. can do that. The, right. So what is this going to do to our nation, Howard, in terms of our politics, in terms of our civility, in terms of our 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 enjoyment of life? It's all we're going to go downhill dramatically. Our living standards can never and will never be the same. Mm-hmm. Obama has totally Bush started this was irrational, and Obama outspent Bush in two years. In two years, mm-hmm. that's how loony he is, and has added twice as many people as Bush added in two years. Mm-hmm. So that's how crazy this Obama is. It almost seems, Howard, as if it's an intentional destruction of the the country and the currency. I can't deal, you know, I don't know that, and I I would hate to believe that. I just believe this is a guy with no background, Mm -hmm. no understanding. If you look at his history, he never did anything. He was a community organizer. Mm -hmm. He never was a senator. He started running for president today. He has no background, no history, no nothing. Walked in, made a speech, change. He knows how to read, you know, a teleprompter, and that's how he got to be president. Shame on us. Mm-hmm. But, but, but that's done. And, and I hate to say intentionally, I would never say that, but mm-hmm. I would use the word massively incompetent. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Well, we put him in there, as you say, or something. We did, we did it, and yeah. we're paying the price. Of course, we just had a historic election where it was the biggest losses for the Democrats in 70 years, the biggest losses in history in state legislatures. That's one of the reasons this has gone on in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And it was the biggest loss, you know, in the Congress in 70 years. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the Democrats will definitely lose the Senate in 2012. They have 23 senators up and the Republicans only 10. So they're cooked in a number of retirements. So they're cooked there. And I think Obama will lose. Mm-hmm. But we got a lot of work to do. Right now, it's looking bad. Well, the damage is being done, and it's almost irreversible in some ways, it seems. Or the, or the amount of, uh, of, of future consumption uh, we're going to have to forego to pay back the debt. That's right. Past. It it's seems going almost... to be it's good. living standards. We can never be the same. Okay. Howard, let me ask you, uh, bright spots. How about the Internet, Internet retail? Oh, we got, there's a lot of bright spots. Look. Yeah. Uh, Look, uh, of course, online is absolutely booming, Mm -hmm. and it's changed the way people shop, and, you know, Amazon and a number of other companies are doing just great. Extreme Value is doing great because... 80% 80% of America's poorer. So, I mean, you got Dollar General building 625 new stores. Mm-hmm. Not so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, luxury, because the capital markets is booming. The top it's 20%. The top 20%, but see, they do a disproportionate amount of the spending. Mm-hmm. So when we look at some of those spending numbers go up, that's that. Tw- look. The banks are having the second greatest year in the history of their profitability. Of course, they got all their money for nothing yeah. from, the, from this idiot Bernanke. Yeah. I mean, he, he put everything on his own ballot. Do you know what happens if interest rates go up by a point? What happens to America's balance sheet? No. With all of the debt we've put on our own balance sheet, right. and he's shortening the duration. Did you ever hear of a, an American call? I'm on the board. You know, I've been around for a long time investing my own capital. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a corporation shorten the duration of their debt. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Well, Howard, let me ask you, what are your views? We've had a bull market in the long-dated U.S. Treasury going back to 1982. I saw a line through the bottom of that chart, the prices of bonds, and I don't see it coming. It still seems to be in a bull market. How long can this go on with all the things you're talking about? This When is the rest of the world going to give up? We're going to get a shake-up on the dollar. Yeah. When that yeah. happens, we lose 5,000 points off the Dow in a year. Yeah. Interest rates explode, and the party's over. Yeah. And when those interest rates explode, I don't have to tell you, because you're very knowledgeable, what happens to the bond market. Mm-hmm. So that when that's why I started with the dollar. If we start to see cracks, and and you see what's going on with China, Russia, everybody's trying to diversify out of the dollar. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're trying, they're they're not, they're trying not to buy dollars. Right. So that if you see what's going on with our creditors and how they're thinking, they're looking at the craziness of Obama. You know, Obama got into a fight with Angela Merkel early in his presidency. Mm-hmm. Germany's turned around. She refused to listen to the community organizer mm-hmm. on this insane 
insane approach to spending. Mm-hmm. She didn't listen to him. Germany is doing great. Yeah. We are continuing in the loony bin. Right. And our, our economy is sucking wind. It seems, right. it seems to me, Howard, what's happening is all that's happening with all these bailouts and QE1 and QE2 oh, is that Wall Street is having a party, but Main Street is suffering like never before. Suffering, My and, and they're going to suffer forever. It's, living standards just won't be the same. You can't be this crazy and incompetent. Well, you can't consume everything today and expect to keep living, you know, you exactly. purely borrowed from the future. Let me ask you about the retail space then. If right. you're talking about all of these all of these brick-and-mortar outfits right. having problems, are we going to see some real declines in, in the real estate, in the commercial real estate market? For sure, we because the growth that. of online sales will do that. Uh-huh. In other words, as online continues to consume more and more market share, every retailer, is going to have to look, if you take Walmart, they're now doing $100 billion overseas. Mm-hmm. Target just made a major acquisition in Canada, and Target is slowing their expansion and building smaller stores. I think everybody, Best Buy, whose results are poor, is expanding overseas. I think that everybody with a brain understands if you look at most American departments, as Macy's just added 700 people in their online division, mm-hmm. they are trying to reallocate resources mm-hmm. because they understand that with the explosion of online growth, brick and mortar is going to be less. That's going to dramatically affect real estate. Mm. Well, uh, Howard, the, the picture you're painting is not a bright picture, but I think it's a realistic picture, and I think it's I think we're always better off to know. Uh, if we have a serious disease so we can deal with it, then not. Right. Why do you think, uh, is it just the unpleasant notion of what you're talking about that, is, that keeps people from, from really focusing on the reality here? You know, I can't tell you what keeps people from doing things. And that, you know, I'm not a clinical psychologist. Okay. I, I, you know, it, I, I'm just not. Yeah. I just try, you know, to look at what's going on. A sick, Obama presented his own budget. It had a seven point true seven point two trillion dollar that's his plan. His mm-hmm. plan is to have a seven point two trillion a billion and a half coming up this year. Yep. Yep. Those are his numbers. <laughs> and his numbers are never right. His numbers are wildly optimistic. He never this guy can't come close to a number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the reality, unfortunately. Do you see uh, – so, so living standards of Americans are going to decline. Decline any, dramatically. Any place Americans who have the ability might look to move to. Well, I try to cover this point about farmland with water. Mm-hmm. I said it briefly, but there, this is a big country. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at the returns on farmland in the last 10 years, it's been very good, particularly if you get some farmland with water. Mm-hmm. You and I know the commodity space and how hot it's been. Mm-hmm. And, 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 of course, silver is out, you know, dramatically outperformed gold. But, 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 but that's, you know, just a small piece of it. There's a lot of other things in the commodity space, food and everything else. Yeah, be it uh, cattle, coffee, corn, cotton, lumber, orange juice, soybeans, wheat. I mean, a lot of the commodities are a big market, so that there's a lot of stuff going on in the commodity space. But if you translate that to an average American who wants to think about his future, 
there may be a lot of people who want to be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. We're going to have people go back to farming. Mm-hmm. And it also may turn out to be a very good investment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of small farms that could be bought for a song mm-hmm. in this country. Sure. If it's got water on it and you're willing to work, mm-hmm. that may be a bright future down the road. Mm-hmm. We gave up the family farm. Yeah. <laughs> but we may be going back, in my view, that may be a good investment down the road. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a place where Americans who are displaced, mm-hmm. who can't get jobs, who are hopeless, who've got a little money in their family and who are willing to work hard, who maybe could do it in partnership with an older farmer, mm-hmm. that is a real place to look. And that's mm-hmm. what I would suggest. It would be a very different way of life, but maybe a better way of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very refreshing thoughts, uh, uh, some optimistic thoughts, uh, Howard, at the end of, uh, of, I think, what is a very realistic uh, message that you have for people. I want to thank you again. By the way, I would say that we've had one other guest on our show who agrees with you on the farmland issue, and that would be Mark Faber, who's a very well-known uh, Wall Street uh, pundit yeah. and, and uh, a roundtable barons contributor and so yep. forth. And Mark's been on our show. Really bright guy. He agrees with you. And I might also just mention that Ron Paul has been on our show a couple of times. And Ron is suggesting something similar to what you're suggesting, that people should get a trade and learn how to do things with their hands again and be able sure. to go back to the basics, you know. so That's why this community college initiative yeah. makes such sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to community college, and they've got programs, for example, in nursing. Healthcare is exploding. Mm-hmm. You get a two-year degree as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all kind, and that's why I, I think education is important. But I, it doesn't have to be advanced right. work that you go to Google. Sure, it, there, there are so many things that the community colleges teach that I think are very practical and very much needed. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again, Howard. We are out of time. Uh, unfortunately, we could go on. I could listen to you forever. I really enjoy your your insights, your wisdom that's come from the years that you've been in the marketplace and the School of Hard Knocks, and uh, always refreshing to hear from you. Truth, to me, is refreshing, and I think that's why people listen to shows like this, uh, non-mainstream shows that don't have an agenda to protect the uh, the status quo necessarily. So I want to thank you again. Uh, for spending time with our listeners. Folks, don't go away because coming up next is Doug Casey, who will talk to us about the markets as well, add his thoughts uh, in addition to Howard's. And he will also be talking to us about Argentina and why he believes Argentina is a place some people might be looking to uh, for the future. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Doug Casey. Doug Casey. 